Hello everyone and welcome back to Dooley's Premier League Update. Today is episode 2 and we're going to start off by uh, talking about the match week 26 of the Premier League. Um, but before we get into that, uh, I just want to hope that you guys had a good week. And uh, I just want to thank you guys for uh, tuning in again, um, even after the first episode. Uh, how shaky that that was. Um, it was my first time doing anything like this. Um, I hope you guys liked it, though. Um, I really gave it everything that I had. Um, there's really nothing more that I can do on my end. I'm doing everything that I can. I just hope it's turning out. But nonetheless, let's get into the Premier League results. So, for the first game of the weekend, we had Manchester City hosting West Ham United. And um, the game finished 2-1 to Manchester City. Uh, Ruben Diaz and John Stones both put two goals in the back of the West Ham's net. And then Mikhail Antonio scored one goal for West Ham. Um, it's pretty interesting. Pep Guardiola's side, which is Manchester City, they um, have won 14 games in a row. And on top of that, both of Manchester City's center backs, uh, which is Ruben Diaz and John Stones, again, both of them scored for um, Manchester City. And I think it's pretty interesting whenever you see um, defenders score both goals for the team. Defenders are usually reserved and don't really get that forward. I mean, it leaves like a giant hole in the back the back line. And I mean, that's like the last thing that you would want. Uh, for the stats of the game, Manchester City, like, as always, firm holding possessions over 63%. And then... West Ham just under 37%. Both shared an equal amount of three goals of shots on, or three shots on target. Excuse me. Manchester City takes the edge in total shots, though, over just one shot. Uh, they got 10 shots total, and West Ham had nine. And then again, Manchester City just shows their dominance always. And you can see it right here. Uh, just with this passes numbers, they almost passed 300 more times than West Ham. Um, if that doesn't tell you something, I don't know what does. Then moving forward, we had West Bromwich Albion versus Brighton and Hove Albion. Um, this game, pretty, pretty level. Both teams are middle of the table. It was, it's going to be a scrappy type of match, but um, West Brom took the edge over uh, Brighton in the 11th minute by Kyle Bartley's goal to put them ahead up one. And the game ended up finishing 1-0. That was uh, West Bromwich's first win in eight Premier League matches. And to Brighton and Hove Albion's dismay they missed two penalties and even had a goal overturned by VAR uh, for those of you who don't know who VAR is it's a uh, abbreviation for virtual assistant referee and it's basically like a team of officials that know the the laws of soccer like the back of their hand and they basically sit in a city far away from the match and just watch it happen live 
and let's say a big old foul happens that's like a controversial one because like you know they're broadcasting the replay out and like you can tell that it wasn't a foul or whatever the case may be um these var people will contact the referee through his earpiece be like hey man that was kind of questionable um we're gonna review that real quick and then we'll get back to you and then they'll review his call and they'll usually overturn it if the referees made a um like a mistake if the referee made the wrong call then the var is there to overturn what the referee originally called and then on top of that the var can not even call it themselves. They can ask the referee for his opinion and they'll make him come over to the sideline and review the play and watch a replay of what happened. But for the match statistics, West Brom, they, they got lucky. So lucky. The reason why I say they're lucky is because Brighton literally had 70 possession 70 percent of the possession six shots on target almost 600 passes and almost 20 shots throughout the game and they still couldn't penetrate west brahm's defense it probably was a very fun game for uh west brahm to defend but i bet you it was stressful for brighton fans watching that game Imagine them putting up almost 72% of possession and still not scoring. Like almost 20 shots. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then up next, we had Leeds United versus Aston Villa. An early goal from Anwar Algazi, which is um, a winger for Aston Villa. Uh, his uh, goal in the fifth minute put them up 1-0, and Leeds just couldn't hang on, couldn't get back into the match. Uh, looks like Aston Villa held them back. The man of the match was Aston Villa's goalie, uh, Emiliano Martinez. He's absolutely absurd. He's one of the better goalies in the Premier League. Um, unfortunately, he doesn't play for like the best team in the Premier League. So it's not really like his fault, so to speak. As a matter of fact, it isn't his fault. He's just the goalie for like a middle of the table team. He just happens to be really freaking good. But as far as the match stats pertain, and they have leads ahead of every, every single category in Aston Villa. They almost had 70% possession, 13 shots, almost 520 passes, almost 20 tackles, but Aston Villa's defense is what saved them. They registered 22 corners, excuse me, clearances. How did I slip up on that one? And then uh, up next we had uh, Newcastle versus Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, again, we got two middle of the table teams that are duking it out, trying to figure each other out. So trying to get in the Europa League and Champions League spots, trying to get some money. But this game finished level at 1-1. We had Ruben Neves put one in for Wolverhampton in the 73rd minute. And then we had Jamal Lasalas for Newcastle put them up in the 52nd minute. So Wolverhampton had to play some catch up. 
Um, Ruben, he- Ruben Neves is a center mid. Usually he's known for his long shots and good deliveries of soccer balls. But um, he put one in with his head to draw them level against Newcastle. Newcastle was the hosts of the match. They started pretty pretty well. It took the lead in the 52nd minute when Ryan Frazier crossed the ball. And um, Lasselas just used that big old noggin of his and just blasted it past Rui Patricio. And then, uh, oddly enough, Wolverhampton Wanderers came back right down the field in the 73rd minute and put one in of their own head. As far as the stats go, we got Wolverhampton Wanderers with 52% possession and Newcastle with 48. We have 520 passes and 420 for Newcastle. So 420 for Wolverhampton and then 400 for Newcastle. It was a pretty even match. We had 19 shots to Newcastle to Wolverhampton's 14. We got 11 fouls conceded by Newcastle and 13 fouls conceded by Wolverhampton. And that was all the games for Saturday. Uh, moving on to Sunday. Up first, we had Crystal Palace hosting Fulham. Alfonso Ariola was the man of the match, and that is the Fulham goalkeeper. Um, it was a pretty boring match, finishing 0-0. Pretty split match when it comes to stats. The only thing that's drastically different is um, Fulham's shots and possession. They had 60% possession with 16 shots to 40% possession for Crystal with three shots for Crystal. Those aren't even just like shots on target. They registered zero shots on target. They had three shots total for the entire match. But that thing was terrible to watch. Moving up next, we have Leicester City hosting Arsenal. Um, early on in the match, we had Leicester City go up in the sixth minute by Yuri Tillemans. And then in the 39th minute, we had David Luiz tied up for Arsenal. And then right before halftime, um, Arsenal was able to get a penalty. And Alexander Lacazette put one in the 47th minute. Then we have uh, Nicolas Pepe putting them up. To clearing them to secure their win in the 52nd minute Nicolas Pepe scores the game finishes 3-1 and as far as the stats go we got Arsenal in charge with 55% possession and then Leicester uh, 11 points behind them with 44 point or 44 44% possession excuse me We have Arsenal's 507 passes to Leicester's 408. Leicester was the more defensive team. They had 13 clearances and 21 tackles to 9 tackles for Arsenal and 10 clearances. But as far as offense go, Arsenal is where where they um, took foothold in the match. And 4 shots on target to Leicester's 3, but 12 shots total to Leicester's 8. And moving on, uh, the next game, very exciting game. We had a home team, Tottenham Hotspur, 
host a traveling Burnley. Burnley's been on a bit of a rise here recently. Um, they're a middle of the table team, but here is of here is of late they've been really uh, giving it to everybody. Man, they've been tearing it up. They've been tying games and winning games, climbing up the Premier League. Um, really showing the Premier League that they're here to compete, not just here again. They're trying to win these games that they're playing. But uh, as I say that, they lost 4-0 to Tottenham. But Tottenham's attacking prowess is probably some of the best within the Premier League, unless you consider Manchester City better. We have Gareth Bale scoring in the second minute of the Tottenham versus Burnley game to put them up 1-0. And then the third and then in the 15th minute we had Harry Kane put it up to 2. And then in the 31st Lucas Moura puts it to 3-0. It's 3-0 in the first half and there's still 14 minutes to play. You know, they finish out the first half, Burnley doesn't concede again. And then 10 minutes into the second half in the 55th minute, Gareth Bale puts away his second goal for his brace. Uh, man of the match was um, a South Korean international, uh, Hoang Ming Sun. He's really good. He plays for Tottenham. Uh, he's got a wicked right foot. He loves the left wing. He dribbles down it, beats his man, takes on another defender, and then he'll whip it in with his left foot for a cross, or he'll cut in on his right foot and have an amazing dipping shot from like 30 yards away and beat the goalie. As far as the stats go, um, Tottenham is literally ahead of Burnley by double in almost every single category. I mean, except like possession and stuff. So like in in possession, they had almost 60 and Burnley had 40. Shots on target, Tottenham 7, Burnley 3. Touches, Tottenham 820, Burnley 590. And passes is where, you know, the game gets separated between winning, losing, and tying is how much passing you're able to, how many forward passes can you make, how quickly and how good can you penetrate their midfield and get past their back line. Burnley only had 430 passes, and then Tottenham had 630. And then again, Tottenham's defense, man. 26 clearances to Burnley's 12. It seems like a common a common theme here is um it seems to me that the more team with the clearances it doesn't always mean that they won. Just in the last match. And then moving up next, we had Manchester United playing Chelsea um playing at Stamford Bridge, which is in London, uh, Chelsea's home stadium. Um Manchester United had an 18-game unbeaten run. Uh, continued after this. Chelsea has a new coach, Thomas Tuchel. Um, his first time playing Manchester, playing against Manchester United as a coach. Uh, the game was pretty level, man. It was 0-0. It was, a re- it was a terrible game. I personally watched it. As far as passes came, there was n- it was awful. No one was able to, like create movement like each pass was so stagnant like no one would make runs into the box or if they did the passes was weak and it didn't make to the destination it was just such crappy play so sloppy like you would have thought it was the first game of the season or 
like a throwaway game where they played all their backups or something, man. I honestly don't know what to say. It was just it was just not a good match. Both teams played poorly. When they're two of the best teams in the Premier League, and, you know, it's it hurts to watch as a Manchester United fan to watch your team not play at the level that they're expected to, and really, honestly, that they're supposed to. But moving on from that, Sheffield United hosting Liverpool. Big task for Sheffield. Everybody knows what kind of power Liverpool possess. Liverpool wins the match 2-0. Curtis Jones, which is a Liverpool Academy product, uh, puts them ahead in the 48th minute as soon as the second half gets underway. Puts them up 1-0. And then the 65th minute, Sheffield... Man... Keen Bryan delivers a fatal blow on goal in the second half, and that pretty much puts the icing on the cake for Liverpool. They were on a four-match losing run, Liverpool, after going on like a 30-game winning streak last year, the year before last. As far as possession went, man, Liverpool's 60%, uh, Sheffield's 40 Shots, uh, Sheffield had eight, and then Liverpool doubled them with 16. And then again, Sheffield with 500 touches, and Liverpool with almost 900. So crazy to me. Like, that the players, like, they're in the same league, but the talent is just so, so different. I would almost want to say it's overwhelming. How, how like one-sided some of these teams can be. Like the most perfect example that I could think of is <laughs> Manchester City. It's like the best team in the Premier League and it's not even fair. Then moving up next, we have um, Everton hosting Southampton. Two nitty-gritty teams. Everybody likes to watch these two teams play. They're very fun. Richarlison puts Everton up 1-0 in the ninth minute. And uh, Everton boosts their top four hopes with uh, their first home win of their 2021 season. Uh, Southampton, very soft game for them. Um, It's got a little unlucky as well. They they led in um, the statistics for possession shots, touches, passes, and tackles. Um, It seems to me like they just couldn't finish their chances Whereas Everton did, and who knows, maybe Everton got like a lucky counterattack or something of that sort. And moving on, we have um, Manchester City playing Wolverhampton. And yeah, I know, Wolverhampton like just played it, right? Yeah, I know. It's just how it works in the Premier League. You can play a lot of games in a week, whether it's a league match or um, a cup match. But yeah, we have Manchester City hosting uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, within the first half, 15, 15th minute, uh, Den Donker, which is a center mid slash center back for Wolverhampton, he puts one in in his own net. He scores by himself. Own goal. In the 15th minute, first half, playing the best team in the Premier League by, like, 15 points. And then that was it until the second half. In the 61st minute, 
Connor Cody, which is a center back for Wolverhampton, levels it up. Game's level, 1-1, game on. Pretty level all the way up until the 80th minute where Manchester City's prowess just took over. Their just offensive dominance just overtook Wolverhampton's defense. In the 80th minute, Gabriel Jesus puts them up to 2-1. In the 90th minute, Riyad Mahrez puts them up to 3-1. Then in plus three injury time, Gabriel Jesus gets his brace for the fourth and final goal of the game to finish the match 4-1 in Manchester City's favor. Possession. We have 72% to Wolverhampton's 28. And uh, look, if you can't get possession, you can't score. Because with possession comes buildup, and with buildup comes play, and with play comes goals. They only had one shot on target, the Wolverhampton. To Man City's 10. <laughs> Literally almost 60% difference for Manchester City's touches. They had a thousand, almost a thousand, to Wolverhampton's 480. And they over they over doubled, almost tripled their passes. Manchester City had 800 and Wolverhampton had 300. This game was a slaughter in the second half. Pep Guardiola had his boys realigned. Put them out on that second half on a mission. Moving on, we have uh, Burnley hosting Leicester. We had uh, Matei Vidara, or excuse me, Matei Vidra for Burnley in the fourth minute, putting them up 1-0 to Leicester. Against Leicester, excuse me. And then Kalechi Ihianacho for Leicester puts them up in the 34th minute. Pretty even game on the scorecard, but when it comes to the statistics, uh, it tells a different story. It has Leicester ahead in everything except shots on target. Um, 61% possession to Burnley's 39. We have Leicester's 16 shots to Burnley's 12 and then the passes and then touches I think is where their games start to get separated between winning and losing you got Leicester with almost 800 touches and almost 600 passes uh, to Burnley's 500 touches to 300 passes and then again 31 clearances for Leicester and only 13 for Burnley it just seems to me like if these teams can um, have a foothold in the in the possession, in the passes, and in the touches, then, then that's it for the game. That's all they need and to get the victory. And moving on, we have a Sheffield United hosting Aston Villa. Um, it was a it was a first half game. Um, David McGoldrick. In the uh, 30th minute put Sheffield up one and then in the f- second half in the 57th minute Phil Jagielka which is um, a center back for Sheffield picked up a red card and uh, I guess they were able to hold on and not not concede a man down against Aston Villa which is a very attacking team they got you know Jack Grealish uh, 
El Ghazi, um, Trazegay. They got they got some talent over there, man. But you see, Sheffield's a counterattacking team, and they're in dead last in the Premier League. Um, the only reason why I brought up that they're a counterattacking team is because Aston Villa put seventy-one percent possession to Sheffield's twenty-nine. Man, again, the touches and passes. Aston literally tripled Sheffield's passes. Sheffield had 263 to Aston 641, and then Aston had 840 touches to Sheffield's 440. Again, man, <laughs> those touches and possession are just so crucial into like winning your match. And even if you're winning, like even if you're able to have more possession and more shots on goal and more everything, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna win. It's all it all comes down to to luck at the end of the day sometimes. And then moving up next, we have Crystal Palace holding uh, hosting Manchester United. And again, for the second game in a row for Manchester United, the game finishes zero zero. Manchester United extend their uh, club record unbeaten away run to 21 Premier League matches. As far as the stats went, Manchester United 63% possession to Crystal's 37. Manchester United had 11 shots to Crystal's 8. Man U 780 touches to Crystal's 500. And then a crisp 600 pass to Crystal's 350. And, but the clearances for Crystal Palace are almost to 30 uh, to Manchester United's 11. Uh, I don't know if that's much much to talk about. It seemed like a very uh, boring game. I personally wasn't able to watch it because I was at work. But 0-0 uh, games in the Premier League are never fun to watch unless they're um, two top talent teams playing against one another. Um, Because I feel like team will just get frustrated that no one scored yet. And they'll just be like, screw it. Let's go let's go out and get this goal and go ahead go go up ahead of match you know let's go ahead and defend the rest of the game we want to win we don't want to play for a tie we want three points we don't want we don't just want one point you know we want to play for the win <sighs> excuse me then we have uh, Fulham hosting Tottenham in the next match playing at Craven Cottage which is uh, Fulham's home stadium um Tosin Adarabio in the 19th minute put Tottenham up one because um, yeah, scored an own goal for Fulham. <laughs> uh, there's lots of own goals this week, man. I have to tell you. Uh, Deli Alley, a big name to return to uh, Tottenham. Tottenham's lineup. Um, he's a center attacking mid that's been out of favor since Jose Marino took over uh, Tottenham. And as far as stats go, we have Fulham surprisingly dominating the game. Fulham a 60% possession to Tottenham's 40, 11 shots to 9, 750 touches to 560, and 540 passes to 370. But clearly the more defensive team was Tottenham, man. They had 31 clearances to Fulham's 5. 
and they had 21 tackles to Fulham's 11. It just seems like if you have a better defense, you're going to win unless the other team just has, like, an all-out attacker. Then up next, we have uh, West Bromwich Albion hosting Everton. Again, Rich Arlison scores for Everton. That's two games in a row. He's two for two. Scored in the 65th minute to put Everton up 1-0. Excuse me, that was his fourth fourth straight match to score in. Uh, he's in a terrific form. Richarlison is a Brazilian striker for Everton. and uh, He's been kind of iffy, spotty, hasn't been a consistent player for Everton. He's been spotty, he scores goals here and there, and then he'll go on a very, very dry run and not be able to perform whatsoever. But as far as the possession stats go, we have Everton pretty much taking the edge in every category except shots and shots on target where they tied with West Brom. Wow, pretty pretty even game, even though Everton won 1-0. 51% possession to 48, 704 touches to 670, and this is Everton. The numbers that I am saying first is Everton. We got 500 passes to 450, 20 tackles to 9, and 31 clearances to 22. It was a defensive war. Just so happened that Richarlison probably got a nice counterattack break, like wide open back line, just sliced them up, dribbled in, scored. Put them up against West Brom, got them the three points, boosted them up again in the Premier League table. And then the last game of the week, big game. Everybody wanted to watch this. Liverpool versus Chelsea. Two of the best teams in the Premier League going head-to-head. We got Jurgen Klopp, who's desperate for a win. He's been terrible this season for the as a coach. Um, he hasn't been able to produce many results that he was able to produce within the past three seasons. Um, he's under, he's not under any kind of pressure or anything like that because um, this is like his first bad season as Liverpool's coach. They're kind of just um, taking a step back and just letting him do his thing, trying to figure out his um, injury problem right now because his entire back line is shot. I think he's had over 20 different combinations for starting back lines, like two center backs. And your center backs are probably one of your most important positions in the game besides like goalies and striker maybe they're the last line of defense man those are the last two guys that are standing in front of your goalie so you got to put a lot of faith into them and, and then to have 20 different combinations between two positions in one season it's bound to have issues we got Liverpool 54% possession to Chelsea's 46 Chelsea had five shots on target um, to Liverpool's one. And Liverpool dominated them when it came to the possession game. 850 touches to 730. And then with the passes, 656 to 549. Um, It was a first half game. Um, N'Golo Conte, which is a center defensive mid for Chelsea, assisted Mason Mount in his 42nd minute goal to put them ahead 1-0 and they just held on to it for the rest of the match man they just grinded the rest of this match out as far as the league table stands after this weekend's matches we got 
um, top four teams all have 27 games played, and it, it goes in this order. In first, Man City, 65 points. Second, Man United, 51 points. Third, Leicester, 50 points. Fourth, Chelsea, 47 points. Then in the fifth spot, moving up three places um, with 26 games played, Everton with 46. We got West Ham in sixth place with 45 points. Got Liverpool dropping to seventh with 43 points. Spurs getting bumped up in the table with uh, 42 points. Aston Villa going down with 39. Arsenal overtaking Leeds with 37 to Leeds 35 points. We got Wolves in 12th with 34. Crystal in 13th with 34 again. We have Southampton, Burnley, and Brighton for 14, 15, and 16 with Southampton's 30 points. Burnley's 29. Brighton's 26. Got Newcastle's 26 points in 17th. Fulham's 23 points in 18th. 19th place, we got West Brom with 17. And then in dead last, we have Sheffield United in 20th place with 14 points. That's all I had for us today, guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Again, my name is Kieran Dooley. Uh, this was Dooley's Premier League update. Y'all have a very good week, a good weekend, and I'll see y'all next week. Later.